Hello everyone, Mike Arendt here, the Soul Mechanic, and I'm welcoming you to another episode of Men on Fire, the 5-Minute Message. Hey, one more thing before we get going. Are you feeling stressed, anxious, or frustrated these days? If you are, and you'd like a little help, go to calendly.com forward slash soulmechanicbooking and book a 15-minute clarity call with me absolutely free. That's Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com forward slash soul mechanic hyphen booking. Also, if you're looking for an accomplished public speaker to speak in person or virtually at your next event or meeting, I can help you out there too. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Men on Fire, the five-minute message here on Soul Mechanic Radio. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the illusion of disunity. Last time we talked about the illusion of needs and then also the illusion of failure. So let's get started. The illusion of disunity. The only escape, really, from the second illusion, which was the illusion of failure, was to create another. And this is the creation of the illusion of disunity. And this required the human mind to conceive of another possibility, of actually the impossible. And that is our species reason that if creations were separate from the creator, and if the creator allowed the creations to do whatever they pleased, it would then be possible for the creations to do something that the creator did not want them to do. So under these circumstances, the will of the creator could be thwarted. God could want something, but couldn't get it. Disunity then produces the possibility of failure. And failure is only possible if needs exist. You see how these three have built on themselves? The illusion of needs, the illusion of failure, and now the illusion of disunity. And the first three illusions here are really, really crucial. They're, They're so important and they're so key that supporting the rest of the illusions that we're going to talk about a little bit later that they keep our cultural stories and cultural stories were assigned to them in order to explain them and assure that they would uh, not be forgotten. Now, each of the cultures around the world have created their own special stories, but, you know, in Western societies uh, that we dealing with the Bible, it's mainly the story of Adam and Eve. And it's said that the first man and the first woman were created by God and lived happily in the Garden of Eden, or paradise, if you will. There, they enjoyed eternal life and communion with the divine. In exchange for this life, God is said to have required only one thing. Do not eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. According to the legend, Eve ate of the fruit anyway, and she disobeyed the orders. But it was not entirely her fault. She was tempted, tempted by a serpent, who in reality was a being we have called 
Satan, or the devil. And just who is this devil? He is, one story has it, gone bad. A creation of God who dared to want to be as great as his creator. This story says is the ultimate offense. The supreme blasphemy. All creation should honor the creator and never ask to be as great or greater than the creator. But human creators, us, actually want our offspring to strive to be as great, if not greater than us. It's the greatest pleasure of all healthy parents to see their children, children reach and exceed their own station in life and to surpass their own achievements. God, on the other hand, was said to have been dishonored by all this and deeply offended. Satan, the fallen angel, was cast away, separated from the flock, shunned, damned, and suddenly there were two powers in ultimate reality. God and Satan, and two places from which they operated, heaven and hell. It was Satan's desire, of course, that according to the story, that developed to tempt humans to disobey the will of God. God and Satan were now in competition for man's soul. And fascinatingly, this was a competition that God could lose. So through this and other equally colorful stories, the first three illusions were conveyed in a fashion that children in particular would soon not forget. And so successful were these stories by injecting fear into the hearts of children that they were repeated over and over to each new generation. Thus, the first three illusions were deeply embedded in the human psyche. And they are, number one, God has an agenda which means needs exist. Number two, the outcome of life is in doubt, which means failure exists. And number three, you are separate from God, which means disunity exists. And in doing so, humans have missed a glorious opportunity to use the most powerful force in the universe. They have subjected themselves to live lives over which they imagine they have no control under conditions they think they cannot change, producing experiences and outcomes they believe they cannot escape. They live lives of quiet desperation. And what is that most powerful force in the universe? Thoughts become things. That's right. You can manipulate the energy around you and manifest what you want because you are the one. You are a piece of God. And we live lives of quiet desperation, offering up our pain, suffering it glad gladly, believing that our silent bravery will earn us sufficient favor to get into heaven, where we will finally receive our reward. But this caused many, many people to feel separate from God. We are not one with God. We must be separate because we need to be in God's favor in order to receive this blessing. Now, many of us continue to see ourselves as separate from each other, from all other living things even, and especially from God. We see that we are destroying ourselves, yet 
we claim not to understand how we're even doing it. Surely people say it is not through their own individual actions. Because they can't see the connection between their individual decisions and choices and the world at large in which we live in. They believe it's having no effect on the whole to pump impurities of every sort into the atmosphere so that they can have their lifestyles unchanged. They believe it's having no effect on the whole to cut down hundreds and thousands of trees each week so they can have their Sunday paper. They believe it's having no effect on the whole world to use fossil fuels rather than solar-powered energy. They believe it's having no effect on the whole world to smoke cigarettes or eat red meat at every meal or consume large quantities of alcohol, and they're tired of people telling them that it is. Individual human behaviors, they tell themselves, are not having such a negative effect on the world because that would cause the world to collapse. And that's not doing that at all. It's silly. So therefore, this third illusion that we are separate is true. So clearly then there was a problem in this third illusion that was disunity, that we are separate from everything. But humans knew, being who they are, that that some very deep level, they could not give up on this illusion of separation or disunity, or something very vital may end. And again, they decided they needed to fix this illusion instead of seeing it for what it is, just an illusion, they decided they wanted to fix it. In order to fix it, they brought up the fourth illusion, which is insufficiency. And on the next edition of Men on Fire, the five-minute message, that's what we will talk about. And I want to remind you that excerpts of this are from the book Communion with God by Neil Donald Walsh. It's a great book if you are so inclined to read it. About 20 years old, actually, so it's a, it's a timely topic now, too, with what the world's going through. And I want to reiterate that I'm not trying to get you to believe in anything. I'm just trying to get you to see your own power, where, who you really are, where you came from, and the power you possess. You have the power to be anything you want to be. You are a divine creation that came here to live a life full of abundance, joy, love. And you can do anything that you put yourself and your mind to. So, thanks again for being here. And I look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of Men on Fire, the 5-Minute Message. Bye for now. Hey, do you think three words can change your life? Well, I know they can. Whether you want to leave a dead-end job or conquer addiction, heal a relationship, master your finances, or grow a business, the three words you need are, you're the one. That's right, you are definitely the one. How do I know? Because I'm the one too. And those three words have changed my life. 
It's the title of my new trilogy of books, and the first two are available right now at micaren.com. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, keep what feels good and dump what doesn't. And remember, live without judgment, give without expectation, and love for no reason. Follow those three simple expressions, and you'll be well on your way to an inspirational, intentional, and successful life. Until next time, you're the one.